So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations on this beautiful Easter morning. This, of course, it's the feast of Easter Sunday of the Lord's Resurrection, the 17th of April 2022. My name is John Keady, and help me to present the programme again, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. And as you said, Easter morning, Christus resurrexit, alleluia, alleluia. Christ is risen, alleluia, alleluia. We can take our alleluias out there and put away for six weeks. Well done, well done, Shane. Thanks for that. And of course, that's why we play that beautiful piece of music uh, as we came into the programme. The Hallelujah Chorus, sang by the Cambridge Singers and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. So thanks again, Shane, for joining me, as I said, and I know you'll join me in welcoming all of our listeners, wherever they are in the world, uh, especially those who maybe can't get out so much, lonely and struggling maybe in some way today, and their only way of getting some bit of a connection is on podcasts like ourselves. So thanks indeed for joining us, and um, at this stage, myself myself and Shane would like to wish you all the joy of this particular season, this Easter season. Uh, just a reminder again that our podcast does include interviews on faith topics, inspirational music and reflections on the Sunday Gospel. All of our podcasts can be heard at comeandseeinspirations.buzzbread.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. Also on our blog, Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com for historical podcasts. And also on Spotify, iTunes and of course on our Facebook page, Come and See Inspirations. You can contact us if you wish by texting us on 87 That's 87 International, 0035387. or come and see inspirations at gmail.com is our email address. Now, Shane, you said you, we might have science for the week. Is that right? But you might, no doubt there's something you've got to let us know about this week, please. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not, it's not, someone said to me I was skiving off last week not doing the saints. Well, I'm not, so I'm following the liturgical calendar. And once again this week, there are no saints celebrated in the coming four, five, six, seven, eight, seven days. And the reason, of course, is it's the octave of Easter. So people know me, they love the way I talk about the octaves. We only have two of them in the year. We used to have many more before the council reformed the calendar in 1969. And um, the octave, of course, is where the church stops time, liturgically speaking. So it's because of the solemnity and the specialness of the celebration that we're celebrating today, which is Easter Sunday, the resurrection of the Lord. So and it's a, we'll be using the same prayers in the Mass, the same prayers in the Liturgy of the Hours, just to emphasize liturgically that we are continuing the celebration of the Lord's resurrection for a whole week. Um, and of course, to remind people as well, you know, Lent is over. So now we have 50 days of Easter. So that's 50 days of Easter eggs. <laughs> I can see. I can see now, Shane, by the smile on your face. You're looking forward to that, yeah? Oh, well, now I will get a Easter egg and I'll have to make do with that, I'm afraid. However, my, my, my nephews and nieces get um, enough to keep going until Pentecost Sunday. Just uh, obviously next Sunday, of course, is uh, Divine Mercy. So we'll we'll talk about that next week, of course. Uh, The other thing just to note, actually, for the coming week, actually, sorry, John, good thing you just reminded me there, is actually on Monday, it is the anniversary of the Episcopal ordination of our Bishop Emeritus, Donald Murray. So Donald Murray was ordained a bishop in 1982. At that time, he was an auxiliary bishop for Dublin before he was transferred to Limerick. 
uh, I understand at the moment that Donal is so so on the health front. Mm. So on Monday, particularly as it's the, his anniversary of his ordination as a bishop, you might say a prayer for him. Uh, so that's 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 Donal uh, that's Donal Murray. There's a couple of other bishops. Have, obviously, April's a busy time for ordaining bishops. Uh, John Fleming above in Killala, who's a Limerick man as well. He was ordained uh, Bishop of Killala in 2002, um, and uh, so just 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 a couple of those as well. Uh, there was um, you know just to just to remember them during mm-hmm. the week. But as I said, John, next week is Easter week. It is the octave of the Lord's resurrection. And so, therefore, that takes preeminence over everything else. Shane, thanks a lot indeed for that. So, early on during the week, I made contact with Sister Katrina Kavanagh from the Sisters of uh, St. Cecilia, the Dominican Order there in, here in Limerick. And Sister Katrina gave us a lovely reflection on the, the topic of new life. After, after resurrection so in part two we'll be able to listen to Sister Katrina but in the meantime just before we go for our first bit of music ourselves we'll pray this prayer and this, the prayer that I picked this morning is really a big, it's topic of all our minds these days is for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia and the prayer goes Holy and gracious God we pray for the people of the Ukraine and the people of Russia for their countries and for their leaders we pray for all those who are afraid that your everlasting arms hold them in this time of great fear. We pray for all those who have the power over life and death, that they will choose for the people life, and life in all its fullness. We pray for those who choose war, that they will remember that you direct your people to turn our swords into plowshares and seek for peace. We pray for the leaders of the world stage, that they are inspired by wisdom and courage of Christ. Above all, Lord, today we pray for peace in Ukraine. And we ask this in the name of your blessed Son, our Lord, have mercy. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music this morning, finish off this section. And this one is sung by um, the King's College Choir in Cambridge. And this one is entitled, Jesus Christ is Risen Today. So go back and join us, as I said, in part two, where we'll welcome back Sister Katrina Kavanagh, who will share a reflection for us on new life after resurrection. So join us then.
So welcome back again to the second part of our podcast here and come and see inspirations on this beautiful feast of Easter Sunday. My name is John Keeley and I'm delighted to welcome back on to our podcast again today Sister Katrina Kavanagh from the Sisters of St. Cecilia here in Limerick who is joining us for this beautiful Easter Sunday reflection. Good morning to you and thanks for joining us. Good morning, John, and happy Easter to you. To yourself. I'm sure it's a very quiet place where you are today, rejoicing in the name of the Lord. So we're uh, running riot with the uh, resurrection joy here. So. Well done, well done. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, when we're thinking about um, maybe a topic to chat about maybe this morning for the few minutes that we got together, the thought came to me about this uh, this phrase, new life. Would you like to share a little bit of your thoughts maybe around this subject of new life and resurrection, please? Yes, certainly. I would be very happy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's so this uh, this doctrine is, is so central um, to this Paschal mystery and to this time. Um, but uh, here in Limerick at uh, Saint Xavier's Dominican Church, uh, we offer a program. It's called Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, um, and it's a Montessori-based uh, method of religious education. And um, so we have children all the way from age three to twelve, and they come in every week, um, and uh, one of the reflections for the Lenten time, I'm with the uh, six to eight-year-olds, one of the reflections is the mystery of life and death. Um, and so for this, uh, we we start just at the beginning of Lent and we pot some seeds. Um, so we take some wheat seeds. Um, and of course, the children love to be part of this. Um, and so we pot them at different stages. So um the first ones uh, two and a half weeks before we're going to have the presentation and then uh, some more a week before the presentation and then some more af- uh, just a few days before the presentation um and uh the scripture reference that we have then is john 1224 um and that is of course uh, in all truth i tell you Unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains only a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. Um, And so I read this with the children um, and we look at the seeds uh, to meditate on on what Jesus, um, through this image of the seed is trying to tell us. Um, and it was just so beautiful this year because, uh, um, you know, we look at the, the seeds that have just been planted, you know, and that hasn't grown very much. And then the seeds from the, the second pot, um, they're beginning to see that it's shriveled up, you know. Um, and then the third pot, the seeds have actually visually changed you know so they see that the seed has actually died um and the whole the whole purpose of the meditation of course is um to draw out this idea to lift up the great mystery of death begetting more life um and uh, one of the little girls she just like straight away she was like she was like, that's like us, she said, you know, she said, she said, we have to die, <laughs> you know. And I just thought, gosh, it's it, it's just like, 
you know, scripture tells us, you know, it's out of the mouth of babes, you know, and these children are, they just have such a purity um, of their mind and intention and that, that the scripture, you know, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, it just speaks to them. Um, and so I just, we don't ever tell them. It's not like there's a correct answer. We allow the children, um, allow the Holy Spirit, you know, to, to guide uh, their inspirations. Um, but I asked her then, I said, well, you know, what, what would that mean for us, you know, um, to die? And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, she wasn't going straight to like, you know, when we must like physically die at the end of our life on earth, you know, she was like, I think it means that we have to do good works and, you know, we have to try not to sin, you know. Uh, and I just thought, wow, we have so much, we can learn so much from the children, you know. Um, and so, you know, Jesus shows himself to the disciples after the resurrection and he shows them his glorious wounds, you know, and that's to show them at that same time, you know, it's the proof. This is the proof that life can come out of death. Um, but also at the same time, like he wants them to know, like, you know, I am the Jesus that you knew and loved before the crucifixion. Uh, and so he wants to invite us into that relationship as well. He wants us to know the truth of our full humanity, that we're united in separately with his divinity, but that we're already present in that as a result of the resurrection. And so like, it's just, it's such an incredible mystery for us to ponder on, you know, like that we are transformed, you know, just like those seeds, like we have new life. Um, and St. Paul says that, he said, when we were dead through our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. And he raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places. When we hear this, um, what can be striking about it is that St. Paul has used all his verbs in the past tense here. So he's wanting us to realize like that this transformation has already begun in us. Uh, and also that that it, it's a result of Christ's death and resurrection. Like this is our destiny. Like, and we are members of his body as a result of that. Um, and then, of course, um, how are we members of his body? Well, it's through the sacrament of baptism, uh, because baptism is the beginning of our life in Christ and in the church. Uh, and it's the first sacrament that we receive. It's the first outward sign of grace. And of course, by it, we are claimed for and we're named for Christ. And we're now part of the church. And so we can celebrate during this Easter tide, like that sense of belonging, but also that sense of new life that we have received in Christ as a result of his resurrection, but also um, by virtue of the fact that we are baptized, baptized Christians, baptized Catholics. And I think 
many of us don't remember if we're our baptism uh, if we're baptized as infants um but just uh we're often in attendance at baptisms and uh it can be beautiful just when we are just to reflect on on what the church uses the different symbols and the richness uh, of these symbols that we use um to remind us of all these elements of new life, like the water, the water that's used to baptize. It reminds us of, of cleansing, like we're cleansed of our original sin um, and how water, like the function of it is like to satisfy our thirst. It's life giving. And of course, like we can use holy water in our own homes to remind us of that for blessing ourselves. Um, we bless ourselves when we go into the church um, to remind us of this, this life-giving effect of water. Um, Jesus also said to his disciples, he said, um, I promise you that I'll send you the Holy Spirit. So not only did he rise from the dead, um, but 50 days after Easter, Okay, we'll have Pentecost. Um, and so we can celebrate with the church this most, most important liturgical season for all 50 days. Uh, because we were waiting in this hope with the disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in the Acts of the Apostles, he said, stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And so this image of being clothed with power um, it reminds us uh, back to the Garden of Eden, uh, where Adam and Eve um, had this sense of their nakedness um, and they wanted to, to cover them up, uh, cover themselves up. But this promise now um, of being clothed with power, this is God's life and power being given to us. Um, and that's first given to us through baptism. Uh, and we use the white garment for baptism uh, to remind us of that, you know, like to remind us of that, that purity when, um, when we become a child of God. And what's beautiful is that after the Father has raised Jesus from the dead, this recreation can happen through grace for us. And it's extended to all believers. So what happened to Christ also is now going to happen to us. Um, and finally, we have um, the light at baptism. Um, we have the Paschal candle. And just to remind us that Christ is the light of the world. Um, and um, it's so powerful um, on the Holy Saturday night vigil. Um, to come from that darkness, um, that very, very powerful visual reminder for us of moving from the darkness into the light. Um, so just to finish then um, with a few words from my patron, St. Catherine of Siena, and she often pondered the love of Christ and like what impelled him to shed his blood on the cross for the healing of our souls. Um, and she writes in one of her prayers, and you, Jesus Christ, our reconciler, our refashioner, our redeemer, you, word and love, 
were made our mediator. You turned our great war with God into a great peace. And so by virtue of the fact um, that we are children of God through baptism um, and that the Lord in his goodness um, has given us the opportunity for grace every day, but especially um, mediated through the sacraments. So through the sacrament of confession, uh, where we can always turn to our loving Father um, when we're in need of mercy and forgiveness um, and that constant reminder of just his inexhaustible love for us. Um, and then to receive um, the body of Christ in the Eucharist, um, that, that these manifestations of his grace for us um, are all accessible uh, to us in order to sustain us on this journey uh, as we move and, and desire to move constantly um, from our death of sin into that living um, and powerful life of grace. Um, so that um, I pray uh, for all of us during this Easter season um, can be our constant meditation um, and that we're not discouraged by uh, the darkness of our own sin, uh, but that we can respond uh, with a humility, uh, with a prudence and, and with a fortitude to acknowledge our dependence on the Lord in all things. Um, and that um, the Lord just uh, desires for us this life of grace and virtue in order to be united with him uh, in beatitude, uh, in eternal life. Um, that that's that's our our constant uh, goal uh, for our life here on earth to be united with Him forever in beatitude. Sister Katrina, thanks a lot for that. Thank you very much indeed. I love the idea of uh, of the way you spoke with the young children, just the same as Jesus did. Jesus picked a parable that people could understand. Yeah. You picked something that the children could understand. And you said one of the girls immediately responded to you. And I think this is where Jesus is trying to speak to us all the time, isn't he? Yes, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a great reminder for us as adults. You know, we can get so caught up with the baggage of life, you know, that, uh, um, that it is. That's what he's calling us to. He's calling us just to, to have that um, simplicity um, and to, to have the mind of the child. And, mm -mm, uh, yes. To put on the mind of Christ. Yep. And I suppose the most important thing we can take with us is because this is a beautiful season uh, for us as best as we can, wherever we are, to share that good news however we can, however it, it will be received under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yes, for sure, for sure. And we can't share it without first experiencing it ourselves. So I think that's that's really important as well. And that's a beautiful gift to have too, isn't it? It is. We should always yes. thank God for that. Yes. Thank Amen. you very much indeed for your time. You're very good. Um, yeah. A piece of music maybe you might want us to listen to just after this reflection, please. Yes, um, I chose this piece of music. It's called Broken Vessels, um, Amazing Grace. Um, and uh, it's one of my favorites right now, uh, in particular because it just reminds us of God's mercy and love um, and uh, this newness of life that we receive uh, through him and through our, uh, um, our woundedness. And even as um, we live our life of sin and woundedness, um, that the Lord is continuously uh, giving us 
uh, allowing us this opportunity of transformation. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, Sister Katrina. So may we uh, here on our podcast, myself and Shane, um, wish yourself and your community all, all the joys of this beautiful Easter season. So as I say, God bless and hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. Yes, and the same to you, John and Shane.
So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keel, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And our thanks again to Sister Katrina Kavanagh for sharing that reflection for us in the second part of our podcast today. And now we'll come to the part of the programme where, where we, we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, we ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture, maybe to help us, maybe we might just pick up a few little words and thoughts as Shane is praying this prayer for us uh, to help us to concentrate on what we're about to do. So, Shane, you might just share that prayer with us, please. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to us, no matter our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But that we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father, meeting with Mary, who used to recite the sound through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So, our gospel for today, the gospel, as I said, for the Feast of Easter Sunday and the Lord's Resurrection, is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 1 to 9. It was very early on the first day of the week, and still dark, when Mary of Magdala came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been moved away from the tomb, and came running to to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter set out with the other disciple to go to the tomb. They ran together. But the other disciple, running faster than Peter, reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the linen cloth lying on the ground, but did not go in. Simon Peter, who was following, now came up and went straight into the tomb, saw the linen cloth on the ground, and also the cloth that had been over his head. This was not with the linen cloth, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. He saw and he believed. Till this moment that failed to understand the teaching of the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. So this is the gospel of the Lord for this week, Easter Sunday. Shane, a few words you might share with us, please. Right, John. So this morning's gospel, of course, is John's account, or part of John's account, of what happened on the first Easter Sunday. Now, one of the points we make when we do Lectio Divina, of course, is that Scripture speaks to us now, not just recording events that happened 2,000 years ago. And it's always important, particularly when we're reading resurrection accounts, um, to read them actually in their entirety. So I would say to people, if you had the time to read through the full of chapter 20 in John's Gospel, because the problem is we're going to hear excerpts of it over the next couple of weeks, and it's very broken out. And because we hear it every you know, every Sunday, there's a weekend between. Um, it loses some of its immediacy. It loses some of its miraculous nature, almost, I would say, because it's, A, we're too comfortable with it because we've heard it all before, and B, because we hear it broken down, we don't realise how action-packed sometimes it can be. So John's Gospel very much focuses on the witnesses to the event, and it highlights he highlights in particular three in today's uh, selection, which of course is Mary Magdalene, uh, John, uh, John and Peter. 
And each of them, of course, is, is, is an important witness in their own right. One of the things that the scriptural scholars kind of agree on is you look at the synoptics and you look at the Gospel of John and you look at the reliance they put on the testimony of women speaks to the truth of what they are saying. Because the problem was at the time, a woman's testimony was not ranked in the same regard as a man's. So if they were trying to fluff this up and try to you know, make it seem credible, uh, they wouldn't necessarily have relied on the testimony of women, which is an important point to make. And Luke's gospel of the event in particular focuses on what are called the mirror bearers or the light bearers. And that in particular is Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. And for me, I, in terms of the different characters that in the resurrection stories, the mirror bearers for me are an important one, particularly at this moment in time, because they are, there's a great devotion to them in the Orthodox Church. And obviously, given the context in Ukraine at the moment, um, they're generally celebrated on the Monday of Easter week. That's when their memorial or their, 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 their story is remembered. And so we remember the mirror bearers, those the women that came to administer and look after this body at the tomb. And it's important, actually, that when we're reflecting on this week's gospel, as I, you know, we always say the gospel speaks to us in the here and now. It's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago and is a nice story. As Christians, we believe that the word of God still speaks to us, in, speaks to each one of us, um, if we can make the time and space to listen to that divine prompting. And <clears throat> it is important that we hear Easter at this moment in time, because if nothing else, it speaks out against the darkness of the world that can so easily overpower us at the moment. So for the last couple of years, when we've reflected on this, obviously at the time we were dealing with the pandemic. But at the moment, of course, what we're looking at is we're looking at the collapse of 80 years of peace on the continent of Europe due to the desires and fascinations of one particular individual leading his country into war. Of course, you know, Vladimir Putin. But at the same time, you know, you have to look and see the bravery and the determination of the people of Ukraine. And you kind of have to say to yourself, out of darkness, so much good. Because one of the challenges, for example, that Ukraine had was people, it was corrupt. Let's, let's not pretend that Ukraine was a panacea of a country and it was utopia. They, were, they had their issues before. But what has happened is out of this will come a renewed identity of what it means to be Ukrainian. And as we reflect on the Sunday Gospel, and we're reflecting on the Easter Gospel, in particular, it is a reminder to each of us to seek out where God is writing in that moment in time. Because we've come through the darkness of Holy Week, the darkness of the, the Holy Thursday night in the Garden of Gethsemane. You have the denial of Peter. You have the condemnation to death, scourging at the pillar, the Via della Rosa, the crucifixion at Calvary, the abuse that Christ suffered. And if ever 
a good Holy Week spoke to us, I think this year it did, in terms of everything that's going on, in terms of countries that are crucified through poverty, cost of inflation, trauma of war, and all of the crimes that that has brought. Surely, if ever, the Easter story, the Holy Week story spoke to us, it was this year in terms of looking and asking ourselves, where is God in the midst of this darkness? And the answer is given to us this morning. It's very much the resurrection is the answer to getting through and moving past the darkness that surrounds us. Because at the end of the day, the suffering of Holy Week makes no sense without the resurrection. Like if you think about it, Christianity is not a bunch of Salem masochists that are you know, wanting to inflict pain and misery on people. The whole point of it is the good news that we share, that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And by doing that, has reconciled us to himself, calls us to be sons and daughters called back to new life with him. And the gospel, you know, Mary of Magdala, you know, went to the tomb. It was still dark. Uh, it's arguable she wasn't quite adhering to the, um, the rules about the Sabbath because it was still dark. The sun hadn't come up. And she saw the stone being moved and came running to Simon Peter. They have taken the Lord, and we do not know where they have put him. And I suppose for many of us, that is the question that we have in our lives at the moment. They have taken the Lord, and we do not know where they have put him. Because we look around, and we are lost in the world that we are traveling in today. You know, we are lost in terms of the speed of technology, the change in social norms, the change in how we understand things the ways of life that are disappearing around us, the doom and gloom and drama of the climate crisis, the housing crisis, the inflation crisis, how many more crises can we take? And in the midst of that, we're, we'd almost be turning to each other and saying, we do not know where they have put him. We do not know where they have taken the Lord. And sometimes as Christians, we're not so great sharing that good news that the Lord is still there, the Lord is still with us. Peter and John, and the other disciple, they don't name him John, but the assumption is that it is John. Peter and the other disciple, they ran to the tomb together. Now, Peter or John, the other disciple didn't go in, but Peter, being Peter, you know, as we've discussed so many times before in the program, he just went straight in, what's going on? I want to see what's going on. Feet first, you know, could have been anything, but that's out of the tomb, and Peter went straight in. And saw the linen cloths on the ground, and also the cloths that had been over his head. And they saw and they believed. Till this moment, they had failed to understand the teaching of Scripture that he must rise from the dead. And in one sense, we have three witnesses from John's Gospel. But at the same time, we don't have witnesses. This is part of the enigma of the Christian story. There was nobody who saw what happened in the tomb. The tomb was sealed. Stone was rolled back. The angels appeared according to two synoptics. Um, and the body changed. That's all we can say. We do not know what, the, what happened at that moment in time. But what we do know is the consequences that flowed from that belief. You had the, the apostles, you had the women, 
you had the apostles who went out and were so changed by what happened that morning that some of them went to their deaths, they packed up and left their native land. Tradition holds that Peter was martyred in Rome. That's a long, long way for the fishermen of the Sea of Galilee to travel if what happened didn't happen, if you know what I'm trying to say. So on this Easter morning, I suppose one of the things we have to remember is that there is light in the darkness. And for Christians, that light is the sunlight coming in the door of an empty tomb on the first Easter morning. And it's a reminder to us that Easter is a time for hope and new beginnings. The empty tomb means one thing. Jesus is alive. And the despair of the apostles and the women quickly turns to joy. You know, we need to share in that energy and that excitement. We need to rediscover it. And it's not easy to do that. Not easy to do it in a world where we can be very cynical, where we can be holding on to the face by the tips of our fingers. And it's very hard sometimes to rediscover that joy and asking ourselves, what makes us come alive? You know, so we need to ask ourselves, what are the things that we need to leave inside the tomb? What are the burdens that we're carrying in life that need to be there? That so that when the stone rolls back and we emerge into that Easter light, what is it that we're leaving behind? Like the linen cloths that were left on the floor of the tomb. You know, all that keeps us captive emotionally, spiritually, physically. We have to very much find and live out the challenge of being Easter people. We are Easter people and Alleluia is our song. Now, as far as I know, that's a quote that's attributed to Pope John Paul II. But it's a reminder to us that with our joy, our passion, our love, our desires to live life to the full, we must remind ourselves to declare, Christus resurrexit, Christ is risen. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks again, Shane, for those for those words, those words that we can listen to again and again. I'd say um, some good points for us there to ponder with. For myself, uh, just a, just one particular line stayed with me from today's gospel, and um, it was both Peter and John, of course, had visited the empty tomb, and this is what the gospel says. It says, "Till this moment, they had failed to understand the teaching of Scripture." that he must rise from the dead. We can often have that experience ourselves and not quite grasping the meaning of Scripture. Then one day we understand, or we think we understand. We've heard someone reflect of an experience or link it to Scripture, and we make the connection. So this line from today's Gospel is reminding me of the importance of listening to the Holy Spirit speaking through the Holy Scriptures for me. The lion might not speak to others, but I have to stay with the lion that's staying with me and ask the Holy Spirit to show me how I should use this in my daily life. So again, 
John, John and Peter till this moment they'd failed to understand the teaching of Scripture that they must rise from the dead. So we ask the Lord maybe today to help us to realise what effect this has on our life, that Jesus has indeed risen from the dead and that he's shown us himself in, in a new way. And as, as we read through uh, the Acts of the Apostles uh, this coming few weeks of Easter, it's a time maybe, again, it might just help us to understand that little bit more about the Scripture ourselves, why he rose from the dead and what it means for us that he did rise from the dead. So, Shane, thanks again for, for sharing that programme with me today, the podcast. Um, we also thank Sister Katrina Kavanagh for joining us and sharing that reflection with us today. So we'll get with our final piece of music. And again, it, it's another beautiful piece of music, uplifting piece of music, by Matt Maher. And this one is entitled Christ is Risen. So for myself and Shane, next week, um, hope you enjoy this lovely week of Easter where we have new life and a new beginning. So until then, God bless now. Bye.